Oh God, let something essential happen to me. Something more than interesting or entertaining or thoughtful. Oh God, let something essential happen to me. Something awesome. Something real. Speak to my condition, Lord, and change me somewhere inside where it matters. And change that will burn and tremble and heal and explode me into tears or laughter or love that throbs or screams or keeps a terrible cleansing silence and dares dangerous deeds. Let something happen in me which is real. Oh God, I go back time and time again to the words of the poet and minister Ted Loder. These included in his anthology, Gorillas of Grace, where he speaks what I think yearns in the hearts of all of us, not that we would just be active, but that something essential would happen in us now. We have been looking at the great story of Nehemiah and the people of Israel and them rebuilding the wall. And as we complete that story at the end of 2020 and transition into this new year, 2021, I want us to look at a crucial moment, a seminal moment, an essential moment in their history where everything changed. During the time of their rebuilding, one of the prophets was a man named Haggai. And Haggai had a very important message in a very important season in the history of God's people. Here is what Haggai writes in Haggai, Haggai chapter 1. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You've planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink but you never have your fill. You put on clothes but aren't warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. So this is what the Lord Almighty explains. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring down timber and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You see, you expected much, but it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. But why? Why? Because, says the Lord Almighty, my house remains a ruin while each one of you is busy with your own house. You see, that is why the heavens have withheld their due and the earth its crops. I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains and on the grain and on the new wine and the olive oil and on everything else that the ground produces and on the people and on the livestock and on all the labor of your hands. You see, what happened with the people of Israel is what happens to us now. They were commissioned with a very important task. They were to return to their homeland from captivity. They were to rebuild their homeland. They were re to rebuild the temple, rebuild the city of Jerusalem, and rebuild the wall. But when they got home, they encountered all kinds of needs and necessities. They got busy building their own farms, their own houses, and they left the temple and the city and the wall in ruins. 
It kind of makes sense. I mean, don't you have to build your own house? Don't you have to plant your own crops? Don't you harvest off of your own farm? Don't we have to take care of ourselves? But God says, see, you're, you're not connecting the dots. Because you see, if you are an apple farmer and you have an orchard of apples, and even if they're the best apples in the history of Israel, if you haven't helped build the nation and taken care of your community, to whom do you sell those apples? What if you're a wheat farmer and you have literally golden grain and it's like waves of the sea as the wind blows over the ripening grain? You have the most beautiful farm of all the farms, most grain of all the farms. But if you haven't helped the community, to whom do you sell that grain. What if you are a fisherman? I don't mean that you fish for fun. I mean you fish for a living. You go out and you work all night and you cast your nets deep and you bring them up full and you drag them in in the morning tired from your labor, but you bring in this full catch. But you see, if you haven't helped rebuild your nation, your community, your neighbor, to whom do you sell those fish? See, he says, what you misunderstood was, if you don't take care of first things first, all the hard work you put into everything else will be for nothing. Now, Jesus says it a different way. When Jesus was instructing his disciples in Mark chapter 8, this is how he speaks to them about these priorities Turn with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 8, and listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man, speaking of Himself, must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that He would be killed and after three days raised again. He spoke spoke plainly about this, but Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But then Jesus turned to Peter and looked at the rest of the disciples and said, You get behind me, Satan. You don't have your minds on the concerns of God, but only on the concerns of men. And when he called the crowd along to him with his disciples, he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? You see, the message is the same. If you rebuild your own house, your own possessions, your own farm, but you don't rebuild the temple and Jerusalem and the nation and help your neighbor, it will all be for nothing. Jesus says, if you set your concerns on the things of the world and you don't seek first the kingdom of God, it will all be for nothing. Listen again to his powerful question. What good is it if you gain the whole world and lose what matters most? 2020 has been a tough year, and it's going to be tough for a while. We lament so great a loss. So many losses. Many people came into this Christmas 
having their lives completely turned upside down. Last year it looked one way, and through the course of the year, everything changed. People lost jobs, they lost loved ones, they lost close friends and family members. Churches, universities, school districts, communities, businesses, all of them, in the case of the whole nation, directly impacted by loss. You see, in the midst of great loss, it would be easy like the Israelites, to just say, man, i gotta, I got to rebuild my own life, my own bank account, my own family, my own work, my own business. i got to be all about me. And Jesus says, well, you do realize it didn't work for the people of Israel. It didn't work in my day, and it won't work now. So what do we do? Well, I have an illustration that I want to share with you. Some of you have seen it, and perhaps some of you have even shared it in your education or shared it at work. But it's so appropriate to illustrate the teachings that Jesus wants us to embrace as we launch this new year. I want you to think of this glass jar as representing your life, your capacity, your time, your resources, your money, your emotional bandwidth, how much energy you have to give to the things of life. And we are going to fill that jar. Now over here, I have three items that represent our life. The first are these big rocks. I have six big rocks. Now, in my life, I might put names to these rocks, right? I might have a rock that is titled Connection to Friends and Family. I might have a rock that is something about my job. I might have a big rock that is something about my health. A big rock that is something about my relationship with God. You start thinking about how you would name your six big rocks. These are the things in life that are the non-negotiables. These are the essentials you can't do without. But I've got another set of rocks over here. And you'll notice they're smaller. Now, they're still important. These are important rocks. These are things we got to do on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. So right in here, this is me paying my bills. This is me making sure the oil gets changed. This is me trying to call, you know, do the laundry and make sure that dinner is made. This, these are the things that I just got to do to kind of get through life, right? And I got to make sure they get done. These things are important. Now, they're different because these are essential. Ah, uh, but I've got something else over here. I've got a pitcher full of sand. Now, the sand represents something, and the sand represents more of just the fun things of life. You know, enjoyable things, mindless things, things that we like to fill our time with. That doesn't mean they're bad. They can be very enjoyable. I'll bet some of you just like scrolling through social media. I don't mean the political arguing or the wrangling about whose team is better than another team, but I mean just seeing people's pictures, watching enjoyable videos, funny videos, interesting videos. 
Do you like just maybe scrolling through YouTube? So that might be something you enjoy. Some of you are saying, no, 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 I like creating music playlists. Someone else says, nope, it's not on that device. I like hiking. I like going to a park. Or I like canoeing or kayaking. These are things I love to do. You see, the things here are the things that they're not hard, they're not difficult, and we're easily attracted to them. So... Is it possible that we could get all of them inside our jar with our limitations? With how much time we have, energy, emotional bandwidth. But let's try, let's see what happens. So let's start with the things that we enjoy most, right? So we start and we think, you know, I, I love watching movies. I love, you know, good cooking shows. I like a good mystery. You know, I like to binge watch on my favorite show. You know, I don't know. I start scrolling on, on YouTube uh, and I think to myself, what in the world am I doing? I've gone through an hour and a half or two hours just watching funny videos of somebody else's dog, right? Why did I do that? But I did and it was fun and it kind of relaxed me. Felt like it was a good time. So let's put that in first because I would want to enjoy that, right? But then we're going to, we, we got to remember, I mean, I got to put gas in the car. I've got to do laundry, right? I've got to eat, sleep. So these are things I also need to do. I've got to change that light bulb that's out in the bathroom. I got to make sure I get all those things done. And so I'm going to put those in too. And so I got those in there, right? Good. Ah, but you see, in order to really flourish in life, in order for my life to be worth something, in order for me to hear the echo of Jesus, hey, what does it profit if you gain everything and, and lose your soul? Or you gain everything and lose your family. You gain everything and lose your health. Oh, that's right. i got to figure out how to get these in here. So I'm going to start putting these big rocks in, but you can see right away that I've got a problem. I don't want to miss them, but I'm in trouble. And the truth is, I can't, I can't get them in there. It's just, that's all I got. And so see, there's no way for me to get the things in there that I actually needed most. Not just to survive at work, but to thrive. Not just to survive in my family and friendship relationships, but to thrive, to really flourish in life. Not just to get by and not get sick, but to have a year that I dedicate to make sure I take care of my health. But I do wonder if you notice the jar isn't full, we just loaded up the wrong things first. So what if at the beginning of the year we decided not to change the jar, I can't change the jar, not to get rid of the things that are fun, the things that are important, and the things that are essential. What if I adopted a new paradigm and decided to start over? So let's start over. Same exact jar, same life, same opportunities, same limitations, but let's do this differently. Let's add the big rocks first. The non-negotiables, the essentials of life, family, friendships, service in church, community, giving to what matters most, devoting time to prayer, devotion, worship, relationship with God. Well, see, now 
We had more than enough room to get in the things that absolutely matter most. So what would we go for next? Well, why don't we go for the important? Because we know that they help. You see, here's what's essential. When you prioritize what matters most, it helps prioritize everything else. So now we start adding these. We think, well, hey, look, well, huh. Let's shake them around a little bit. And it turns out that there was more than enough room. But now we, we have more. Can we get any of our fun in there? Well, let's, let's try it. Let's try to get some of our fun in here. So we put some in, right? Then we start to see, well, you know, looks like it's coming along, right? So we get some of the fun in there. And, you know, we kept a little bit of your scrolling, not all of it, right? And, you know, you didn't go hiking every weekend, right? You didn't binge 50 episodes in one weekend, but it looks like we had time for some. In fact, you know what it looks like? It looks to me like we're going to get it all in there. In fact, we did. And there was room to spare. You remember we looked at this in an earlier sermon series. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Everything else will be added. When we put the wrong things in our life first, we didn't have room for what mattered most. When we put what matters most in first, God says, what did I tell you? There would be room for that and much more. So how do we accomplish this? Well, you see, we need the mind of Christ. And what does that mean? It means we need to be so close to Christ that Christ shapes our imagination of what's important, who's important, how we build our lives, and how we build our community. It helps us connect the dots between us and our connectedness with others. There is nothing more important than loving God and loving each other. Nothing more important than building those two relationships. When we are connected with God and connected with each other, then all of these other things begin to fall in line. It really does matter that we prioritize what Jesus prioritize the apostle paul got the picture he said in galatians 5 you do understand that nothing matters other than faith expressing itself in love you get that right and it shapes all the rest of your priorities this year we are looking to reboot our lives call it reboot 21 we want to step back, look at what God has given us, and start with the non-negotiables, what matters most. Loving God and loving each other, being deeply connected with one another. One of the steps that we're going to take over the next few weeks is we are actually going to start live streaming our Sunday morning service. It'll be on the same platform that we've been using. Why? Because we want to keep elevating connection with one another. But as we start to live stream our service so that you'll know why we're doing this, we are preparing for what's coming. We're looking ahead. We're making decisions, not that look back only, but look forward. Decisions that help us move into God's opportunities that He has laid out for us. 
These are important decisions about our resources, our time, our finances, our energy, not just as individuals, but as a church. Don't we want to make the most of everything God has given us? Now, will it be an interesting transition? I think so. I've not live streamed before. This is going to be new for me. There might be a few technical glitches along the way, but if there's one thing I've learned in 2020, it's the workaround. There is a way to get past whatever technical glitches come at us. But I know what God has planned for us, not to harm us, but He has planned for us an abundant future of flourishing. So we seek first the kingdom, and all of these things will be added as well. Well, thank you, Don, for that sermon. Thank you all for joining us. We'd love for you to take a step of faith. Uh, you can just, in the chat here, you can take a step of faith. But I did want to tell you about one specific step of faith, and that is we have a group that's going to meet at 1115, just here in a few minutes. This group is going to be an online group that will meet throughout the whole entire Reboot series. It's an opportunity for you to go deeper in the sermon series with a group to process the sermon and to apply it to your discipleship. T. Buckner, Kevin Buckner will lead that. Just join the Zoom class right here in our chat. Go online you can, or on our, on, on our website and you can join there as well. We would love to see you at 1115 today for our Reboot group. Blessings.